This is Zion Hebraic Congregation with me, Luke Tanner. This week's Shabbat message is by myself, entitled Idols in Enemy Territory. Uh, you can check out our website, zionhebraiccongregation.com. You can find all of our Shabbat messages there, uh, message notes from each of them. Uh, you can also read my dad's blog, and sometimes I write some blog posts there, some essays. You can subscribe to those. If you put your email in the little email subscribe box, you'll also get emails when we post new Shabbat messages, uh, and they'll have the message notes in there. Uh, we also, uh, I'll, I put up posts when um, the sighting of the new moon in Israel, as well as the biblical holidays. We're coming up on Passover here soon. And uh, you can listen to our Shabbat messages wherever you get your podcasts, Apple, Google Play, whatnot. And our theme music, as always, is by my buddy Evan Shaw. His website is evanshawmusic.com. Enjoy. Hey, mighty warriors arise, yeah. Okay, everybody, shalom, and thanks for listening to this. Uh, today, what I want to talk about is, I think, something very important in our lives as believers, something we need to be thinking about, thinking we, something we need to be analyzing our lives about so that we can be good followers of God, good husbands, good wives, good examples to our community, uh, doing what's right. And, and, and that really begins with looking at our own hearts and our own lives, how we spend our time, what we do, how much we're in the Word of God and what is influencing, influencing us. Because as I believe we're being more and more influenced and desensitized by the world around us and the technological and digital age that we live in, all of us now walking around with the world in our pockets uh, with endless information and misinformation that we spend hours every week looking at, uh, I think it's so much more important that we are getting into our Bibles, reading the Word of God, resetting our minds, how they actually function and work and think, because we are being inundated with digital information, media, in information from sources that are that are not based on the Word of God, and it does indeed affect the way that our minds work, down to the synapses and the electronic or elect, uh, neuron pathways that we that we build inside our brains, and uh, so much of this media and technology, you know, it's not neutral as we're going to get into and read about. It's designed by people to keep us addicted to it, attracted to it, on it. Uh, and I believe it's more insidious than that, even that not just people, but it's from Satan himself, you know, keeping us away from our Bibles because, uh, you know, that's that's what he wants to do. So let's first, I want to start out in Psalm 90, chapter 12. This is uh, a psalm that is attributed to Moses, one of the most humble men as uh 
The Bible tells us. And so in verse 12, it says, So teach us to number our days that we may apply our hearts to wisdom. I think that's so important. Uh, I know from, for me, especially to constantly be numbering our days, uh, evaluating our lives and our time so that we're spending it properly. So uh, I want to get into this a little bit. Last week I talked a little bit, not, I didn't record it, but when we were in, in service I talked about. So if I were the devil, and like he did in the Garden of Eden, how do I keep you away from the tree of life? How do I, if I'm the devil, and that's not probably a good thing to think about too much, but how do I keep you away from your Bible? Well, how do I keep Luke away from his Bible, from the tree of life? Well, what if I had this glowing screen that played right to his lusts and his base nature and worked on my mind uh, such that it, it attracted me all the time, but it was also a tool used for more effective scheduling. You know, it's there to help me, help me in my work. Uh, I'm able to learn things faster and quicker. And so what happens is you end up getting sucked into this little device and you spend all your time on it because it's helping you provide for your family and it's got all the coordinates that you could want so that when, you know, you get up in the morning and you're reading your Bible, uh, Hopefully you're getting up early and reading your Bible and you look at your phone. What ends up happening? I know for me, what ends up happening? Oh, I see an email alert and I see a text message alert, which gets me going into my schedule, which gets me going into emails and eats up that precious little bit of time that we have in the morning to be able to spend in the Word of God. And it can so quickly evaporate away all based, all uh, with good intentions because these devices are there to help us, quote unquote. Uh, and so we have the daily implement discipline to leave it off until you read your Bible because uh, it evaporates our time. So if I want, uh, you know, to keep Luke away from his Bible, <laughs> it's, a, it's, it's happened all too many times where I get on this device and it just takes me away and eats up our time. And if I want to, because, so, if, and to keep the general public away from the Bible, like, you know, you can't just round up all the Bibles and burn them all. You know, people, I think, would die for their Bibles. People would hide them, and we would cling to them dearly. So what does the devil do? He gives us, what do I, <laughs> he gives us exactly what we want. You know, what do I do with my own children when they want, uh, when I want them to get out of my hair, so to speak, you know, go go outside. Or if I want them to stay quiet in in their rooms, for instance. How do you keep them in the room? Because uh, if I just tell them to go to the room, you know, it's like being grounded. Nobody likes that. And so how do I keep them in there? Well, I give them something to keep them occupied, to keep them in there uh, and, and give them what they want. And so if they're thin, they're playing on a tablet or playing on a phone in a video game, it just sucks them in 100%. And then you can control the people. You can tr- control the masses by giving them exactly what they want. You know, because when the, when the serpent was in the Garden of Eden, he didn't, uh, he didn't try to kill Adam and Eve. He, what did he do? He tempted them with something that was pleasurable, to their eyes, which they already wanted, that promised them something more out of life. He promised them something good, and he put he cast doubt and he disparaged the words that God had give had given them. And it's the same battle today. It's a battle of words. It's a battle for the hearts and the minds of the people by playing to our base nature and our base function of our mind and we are being used against ourselves unknowingly 
and we've walked right into this trap. Not to say that there isn't things online on the internet and the interwebs that we, you know, you can learn about, but think about this. So if you, we've been one, what happens is when you're bombarded with information all the time, it desensitizes us. So if I want you to, uh, if I want you know some some stance that you are biblical stance that you stand firm on, but I want to just slowly weaken that. What do I show you? Just a little bit of stuff that tears that down a little more, a little more, a little more. You see it, you see it over and over, and eventually you're uh, um, being repulsed by that idea. Gets worn down, and now it's all over society from relationships, you know, uh, marriage, sexuality. Uh, modesty, uh, honesty, all these base fundamental things get get eroded over time, even within the believing community. That's where I'm talking about in this bigger problem. And even in our own hearts and own minds, because we are slowly desensitized by what we see every day and what we consume. And uh, so that's a big problem. Uh, you know... And so we have very little time that we, in our busy lives anymore, because we're all working, trying to provide for our families, to spend time in the Word of God. So we have to hold that sacred. And, uh, you know, the other thing I wanted to say was, we, we, when everything is available at our fingertips, it brings all things down to the same level. Nothing is raised as important anymore. So I believe part of what's happening with this whole online phenomenon digital world digital media is is it's giving us the illusion of community and the illusion of connection while actually keeping the people of god separated one because anybody can get online put their own opinion there and then we all argue about it and that keeps us fractured and disconnected instead of having leaders in a local assembly that are respected by the community and they are listened to and there's humility, there's respect, and you have a leader. Part of the problem is, you, you know, you have to have a good leader that's that's humble and cares for the sheep and, and, and shepherds them and doesn't fleece them. And so everything's out of whack. You got leaders that are corrupt, but then you have people, quote-unquote leaders online, you know, support my blog and sign up each month and I'll send you a teaching. Meanwhile, there's no community there. There's no responsibility. There's no... Uh, uh, accountability in those situations. Also, you have men of God through the ages who spent their life work putting putting their their teachings and ideas and thoughts down on paper and making a, a, a concord uh, not a concordance but a commentary. That's what I'm trying to say. A commentary on books of the Bible, the whole Bible, whatnot. And 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 now all of them are available online instantaneously and what does it do it brings it makes them all meaningless at the same time because i can go and i can get on there get on a website and look at different concordance uh, uh commentaries or you can just jump on youtube and find out what that youtube guy says and it's shiny it plays to my you know base nature of my mind and how it functions and my lust and the sight of my eyes and he's telling me what i want to hear anyway 
Uh, meanwhile, there's no accountability there. Whereas these men of old, these men of God who wrote their commentaries, spent their whole life's work. And, and if you wanted those prior to the internet, you had to spend your hard-earned money to get all those books, put them on your shelf. You had to spend time out of your life to pull them down, open them up, flip through them. What did it say? And so you put weight to what that say. Now it's all online and it all is, is basically meaningless. And so we are further sucked into the world of everything means nothing online because it's all downgraded. We're in an instant gratification society. And that's not, I believe, what God designed things to be. He designed uh, his word to be transmitted through words, through written books. Yes, you can get your Bible online, but I would suggest not. I would suggest getting a physical book because, you know, chances are that Bible, as Brad Scott, my uh, who I love dearly, has said, is that Bible sitting on your shelf for 20 years, chances are nobody's messing with it. But you go online, who knows who's messing with that. So, we're going to go through some of this and try not to be too long here i have probably way too much to say but i think it's i think it's important um so i was listening to a podcast they're talking about technology one of the guys had worked for google another one of the guys had worked for social media and uh what some of the things they talked about are so important for us to understand and realize the internet and these mobile devices and social media they are not neutral they are, they are, as, as a quote that he said, one of them said is, they see us, these companies see us, people, as objects to extract something from. We are just tools used by the system to, to generate money and income from. It's all framed as a good and positive thing, but uh, it's really not. And they also design these devices like our phones and you refresh your, your feed or you refresh your email. It's all... Um, uh, casino technology, you know, the infinite scroll and the spinning wheel when you refresh your email. And they're engaging in psychological engineering because they understand the way our minds work better than any of us do. And, and again, they're using people as, as <laughs> hordes of sheep to make money off of. Um, so there's a quote from O.E. Wilson, one of the guys on this podcast was quoting him. So the quote from O.E. Wilson goes, I'm going to paraphrase it, but we have uh, primordial, wasn't the right word, but we have primordial emotions, medieval institutions like banks and religion, but we also have godlike technology. And so these secular thinkers and humanists they see and understand that our technology is godlike and the one guy on this podcast said we have godlike technology we have godlike technology we already are gods so we might as well get good at it okay so they understand and they see that themselves because of the pride of man and the lust of flesh and the lust of the eyes as being able to be like God, right? What did what does Satan want to be like God? And so, what did mankind at the Tower of Babel say? Let us let us join together and build ourselves a tower to reach up to the heavens. You know, mankind's always trying to go up, but in reality, uh, they will be brought down. The whole idea—that's what evolution is. The idea that mankind is um, going forward and, and improving, whereas in fact. 
And the Bible teaches up everything, teaches us everything in this, in a state of entropy. And we are supposed to, what do prophets say? Go back to the old ways, go back to his words. And so I believe we as God's people, as we navigate this digital age, and especially as our children are, are growing up in this, you know, I grew up in a, at least uh, when I was young, before email and the internet was was even around. So I've seen this transfer. And I'm not even that old, but my kids are growing up with friggin' screens everywhere. And so we have to teach them how to navigate this world and to understand what's behind all of this. And and uh, because it's on a whole new level. And, and we, I think, and myself, as God's people, we've, we've been sucked into this so quickly and easily because it plays on our base emotions. And we, I believe, as God's people, have fed into building this system because it's all wrapped in good intentions, and our good intentions, and we've ended up being like that frog slowly boiling in the pot. So as I talked to my children and I and I told them about how we're going to make some changes in relation to the technology in their lives, and one of my children, my youngest son, tells me, well, so how come we don't just get rid of the computers and the iPads, Dad? And the truth of the matter is, I had to tell him honestly, I did not think through enough the decisions that I made and how I built my life my livelihood uh, around these technologies and these these devices. And so uh, my life is entangled with them and it's not easy to extract them. And so I told them, dad is having to honestly work to untangle myself so that we won't be controlled by these things. Uh, because I believe as the end times come that that's the whole system of the beast, the image of the beast is to get us entangled into this online digital world where everything is is controlled by it. The computer and the internet has taken over so many systems, you know, things that were all separate things, a calculator, a book, uh, a, uh, a planner, the bank, the going to the movies even, if you know, all these things that were individual things and separated, they've all been, they've, they're coming together on one thing and, and it's in our pockets. And so we as God's people need to go to the scriptures and see, you know, how do we navigate this? How do we serve God? So I want to try to get into some of some passages here and uh, and talk about that. So uh, let's see. Let's go to the beginning, Genesis chapter three. And we're gonna read this and and other passages. So Genesis chapter three. You all know this very well. It's not gonna be any surprise. Three, one through six. Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field. That word subtle there. It, it means hidden in plain sight. That's what happens. That's how the devil operates. It's not dark, smoky rooms. Not that that isn't part of it. But these things happen in plain sight and are unfolded. You know, these plans of the wicked to entrap and ensnare the righteous. That's what we're going to get into and talk about. So anyway, the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made and said unto the woman, Yea, hath God said. 
you shall not eat of every tree of the garden. So he questions what God said. And the woman said unto the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden. But the fruit of the tree, which is in the midst of the garden, God hath said, You shall not eat of it, neither shall you touch it, lest ye die. And the serpent said unto the woman, You shall not surely die. For God know, uh, for doth God know that in the day ye eat thereof, then your eyes shall be opened, and ye shall be as gods. See, listen to the vernacular here. Your eyes shall be open, ye shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, she saw it, and it was pleasant to the eyes, a tree to be desired to make one wise. She took of the fruit thereof, and did eat, and gave also unto her husband with her, and he did eat. So you have these two trees. I believe they typify the word of God, the tree of life, the book of life, and the word of Satan, good and evil. And they always hold out what? Good, the shiny fruit that's going to make you wise. And it's pleasant to the eyes, right? And your eyes will be opened when you eat it. You'll know, you'll be as gods, knowing good from evil. Can you see all this? God-like technology. We are gods. Ah, knowing good from evil. But the truth of the matter is, when you eat of that true tree, even when you eat of the good fruit, death ensues upon us. We are to consume knowledge and consume information from the tree of life. And that... The word of God, that tree, is being supplanted in our lives daily by the bombardment of information, words, other information coming from these glowing devices that are shiny things that attract us and play to what we, what we like. As people, you know, we're consumeristic. It's our base nature. <sighs> That's why we need to be transformed by the renewing of our mind. So, okay. We read that. It's really good. Um, now, talking about words, he, the, the, the serpent used words to convince us, words to influence us. It's a battle of words, people. That's what I want us to understand. I, I think that, you know, we need to understand, you know, it's an argument, it's information. Yes, it comes down to physical battle sometimes, and there are physical attacks, but, uh, you know, the primary, the, like I said, the serpent didn't come into the garden guns blazing. So, because he, he knew that. He wasn't stupid. Okay, so I want to read a book, uh, uh, passage from a book uh, by Nicholas Carr called The Shallows. What the Internet is Doing to Our Brains. I'd highly recommend reading it. He's not a believer, but man, it's good insight. Okay, so he writes here, Because language is for human beings the primary vessel of conscious thought, particularly higher forms of thought, the technologies that restructure language tend to exert strongest influence over our intellectual lives. As the classical scholar Walter J. Ong put it, technologies are not mere exterior aids, but also interior transformations, trans, interior transformations of consciousness, and never more than when they affect the word. The history of language is also a history of the mind. So, he says here, technologies that restructure language tend to exert strongest influence over our intellectual lives. So, it's this influencing of 
language of words, of how we talk, even in the English language, it's devolved from, from King James English, from the, the pinnacle of what English was. And, uh, and, and then the quote from Walter Jayong, technologies are not mere exterior aids. They're not just tools. They're not neutral. They're not, you know, people tend to say, and I listen to some people say, technology's neither good or bad. No, that's not true because it's made, it's made by human beings and people are evil. <laughs> uh, technologies are not mere exterior aids, but also interior transformations of consciousness, changing the way we think, changing our conscience, degrading our, our moral standards. That's why uh, it's so important that we limit our in, uh, this, its influence on us. Gosh, especially social media. It sucks us in. It, it's, it's, you know, so many people are affected by it negatively. Why? Because what's the devil? What's his word out to do? Kill and destroy. That's what he wants. You know, we think, and it's, again, it's wrapped in, oh, you'll, you'll be more connected. You'll be more wise. You'll have information. You'll be like God. Well, no, you'll actually, it's actually out to kill you. So don't forget that. Okay, so read that. Let's keep going here. So now we're going to we're going to go through some passages here. First, let's go to 2 Corinthians 11:3. We got a bunch of passages. I don't know how much we'll get through. I don't want this to go on for forever. Uh so what I say for 2 Corinthians 11 verse 3. Uh you guys know you guys know this passage, but I fear Paul speaking less by any means as the serpent beguiled Eve through his subtlety, so your minds should be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Messiah. So the serpent, the other side, the other seed, the other word is out to corrupt our minds, to corrupt our way of thinking, and which, which affects our behavior. You know, he's trying to keep us away from the word of God and to corrupt us. So now let's go to uh, Ezekiel, verse chapter 6. I've been in Ezekiel lately. Awesome chapter. And we're going to cover and we're going to talk about this idea of idols and idolatry. What I want us to see is that idols are something, are images of the gods, of the nations, of human beings that are made by their hands. Okay? Uh, that's why we're going we're gonna to read in the New Testament that we're to flee idolatry. Well, what is idolatry? We, you know, I grew up thinking, you know, well, idolatry, that's not a problem anymore because I'm not bowing down in front of a stone tiki statue. Well, let me, I'm, let, I'm here to tell you, idolatry is anything that keeps us from the Word of God and from living out and obeying the Word of God. And what we're going to see is Israel has historically been entangled, ensnared, trapped in nets, by mingling with the heathen and worshiping their gods, which are the images that they build. Can do you see where I'm going here? Which they build unto their gods, which 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 is an image uh, 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 based on the thoughts and and the lusts of, of of mankind, their base nature. So I want that's what I'm hoping that we're gonna see. Ezekiel six verse. Uh, nine, and they that escaped of you, talking. To, he's talking to Israel, Israel here, and they that escaped of you shall remember me among the nations, 
whither they shall be carried captives. So that's that's us right now. We're carried captive. Don't forget that. We're in the exile. We're in enemy territory. Because I am broken with their whorish heart, which hath departed from me, and with their eyes, which go whoring after their idols, and they shall loathe themselves for the evils which they have committed in all their abominations. Okay? So they departed from me, with their eyes, which go whoring after their idols. That's why the serpent pointed out the fruit that was that that was attractive to the eyes of Eve, right? It's this forbidden fruit, forbidden knowledge. It's not we're not supposed to have it. And so God says, you know, they go whoring, they depart from him with their heart after the lust of their eyes. It's no coincidence why we're attracted to images you know, pictures on these devices, the devices of the wicked. Uh, maybe, I don't know, I could be way too conspiratorial, but man, I don't know. The more I get into the Word of God and the more I read it and the more I follow out these words, it's like, gosh, we've played right into the trap of the wicked, man. And so my, for my own life and my own family and, and my own impact and whoever, you know, listens to this on our congregation I'm imploring you to evaluate your life and to get into the Word of God, meditate in it. It takes deep thought and, and, and deep concentration, something that is the antithesis of what goes on on the Internet. It's shallow, it's fleeting, it's quick, short attention span. You feed the instant gratification. Okay, I gotta keep going here. All right, so they're whoring eyes, going after the idols. And so uh, now go to uh, Chronicles. Mm -hmm. Chronicles. I think it's bum bum bum. Oh, I'm sorry. No, not Chronicles. We are going to go to Chronicles, but not right now. Go back to Ezekiel 20, chapter 20, verses 7. And eight. Okay. So he's talking about when uh, when he brought them into the land. Let's go back to six. And that day I lifted up my hand unto them to bring them forth to the land of uh, bring them forth of the land of Egypt into a land that I had espied for them, flowing with milk and honey, which is the glory of all lands. So he's bringing them into the land, right? And I said unto them, Cast ye away every man the abomination of his eyes, and defile yourselves. And defile not yourselves with the idols of Egypt. So he's bringing them into the land and he tells them, cast away the abomination of his eyes. What is the abomination of their eyes? It stems forth from the lust of their hearts, which does not come from God. It comes from, uh, uh, oh man, Yeshua is going to talk about it. Their father, the devil. Their <laughs> so what comes, this lust of their eyes is their idols of Egypt. That's why they, they built a golden calf. You know, it's it's. We tend to think like, why in the world would they have done that? They just came out of Egypt. It's we're no different. We're no different. We're carrying around the images of mankind in our pockets and being influenced by that on a daily basis. And and we we at least have to recognize that. And I, at least I do. You know. Okay, so let's keep going. Uh, we didn't. We'll read eight. But they rebelled against me. And would not hearken unto me. They did not every man cast away the abomination of their eyes. Neither did they forsake the idols of Egypt. 
And I said, I will pour out my fury upon them to accomplish my anger against them in the midst of the land of Egypt. So they didn't cast away the abominations of their eyes. So we need to think about that. Okay, like I said, technology is not neutral. And uh, to quote Brad Scott, if you haven't listened to his uh, Brad Scott, the Image of the Beast series that he just made, you got to listen to it. This is kind of what has sparked a lot of this in me. And um, but it's awesome. And he says, and I, I believe he's right. Technology is ideology. So now let's go to Psalm 141.9, talking about how uh, this, the wicked ensnare us in their traps which is idolatry. We're going to get into that. Uh, Psalm 141. I'm going to get the psalm. Sorry here. Ta-da. Here we go. Okay, Psalm 141, verse 9. Keep me from the snares. He's talking about the wicked. This is David. Keep me from the snares which they have laid for me and the jinns of the workers of iniquity. Let the wicked fall into their own nets, whilst that I withal escape. So you have the wicked, and they're making snares, and jinns, which is kind of another word for, for snare. Um, and uh, go back to my notes here. Yeah, it's kind of another, another, another word for, for, for snares. But what I want us to see is, how the wicked have built these devices to entrap the righteous. And so, you know, I used to read the Psalms. I read the Psalm every day. Uh, and um, I read this and I used to picture David running around in the desert, which was probably accurate, you know, falling into some hole that was dug or a snare that was, was you know, gonna, like you've seen a movie, wrap around his leg and lift him up into the tree and he'll be caught, right? And I think that's true, but I think it's more than that. These are, these are systems that are meant to lead the people of God away and to entrap them and to entangle them. And like I talked about when I was talking to my youngest son about how, why don't I get rid of these things in my life when I haven't yet? Because I am entangled in the net. <laughs> and I don't think it's any coincidence that the net, the, uh, the web is... Those terms are used. Remember, this: the devil is subtle, which means what? Hidden in plain sight. Uh, uh. So, okay, let's go to Exodus 23, so Exodus 23:33, thou shalt not. Uh, okay, uh, but, so let's back up a little bit. He's talking about when they go into the land, right? 31, I will set thy bounds from the Red Sea, even unto the Sea of the Philistines, from the desert and of the river, and I will deliver the inhabitants of the land into your hand, and thou shalt drive them out before thee, and thou shalt make no covenant with them, nor with their gods. Okay, their gods. They shall not dwell in thy land, lest they make thee sin against me. For if thou serve their gods, it will surely be a snare unto you. Serving the gods 
of, of the nations is a snare. It entraps us. It entangles us. It keeps us from living how we're supposed to. Okay? It's all attached again to this, that which is the lust of the eyes, which we see, which is shiny, and we want, and it's knowledge, and it'll make us as gods, right? This promise of this life that you'll have if you'll just <laughs> buy in, right? No, no, it's not good. Okay, Psalm 106. Okay, now still talking about the Israelites uh, when they go into the land. So 106, 34 through 39. They did not destroy the nations concerning whom Yehovah commanded them, but were mingled among the heathen and learned their works. They served their idols, which were a snare unto them, Yea, they sacrificed their sons and their daughters unto devils. They shed innocent blood, even the blood of their sons and of their daughters, whom they sacrificed unto the idols of Canaan, and the land was polluted with their blood. Thus were they defiled with their own works, and went in whoring after their own inventions. These ideas came forth in physical manifestation as the way that they lived and conducted themselves, their morals went down to the point where they were sacrificing their own children. And though, though we may not be slaughtering our kids in front of stone rocks these days, we are sacrificing our children on the altars of technology and information. Why? Their, their very minds are being corrupted by this information that leads to death, as we talks about, talked about. And so what happened? They mingled. So don't forget we're in the exile, folks, right? And when they went into the land, they were supposed to drive all that out and break all that down because it, it has an influence. We're not supposed to bring this stuff into our lives. So they mingled among the heathen. That's why we're told, you know, be ye separate. Come out from among them. Uh, it's not a direct quote. People always say it, but it comes from Yeshua talking about we're to be in the world. Yes, we're in the world, but we're not of the world. And so what happened? They mingled among the heathen. They learned their works, how they did things. Remember why I talked about being desensitized, okay, by the constant bombardment. They served their idols, which were a snare unto them. Though something that the wicked makes, these images from their own heart and their own minds that they use to entrap you, right? To the point where you sacrifice that which is most important to you. We have to hold the line on these things, okay? All right. Uh, it has the idea of this being ensnared is um, caught by bait. To put something, what do we do when we throw a lure in the water and you go fishing? It's shiny, right? It flashes around and that attracts the fish. <laughs> uh, our, our phones and our computers are very shiny and they attract us. Okay, Psalm 140. Uh, uh, uh. Uh, let me get to it here. Okay, 140, verse 5. The proud have hid a snare for me and cords. They have spread a net by the, ways, by the wayside. They have set gins for me. Again, the idea of the wicked building these devices to, and I don't use that term 
uh, ignorantly, these devices, they use uh, building these, these snares, these gins, these nets to entrap the wicked, right? So the devil uses our eyes and lust and desire for, uh, for, for of knowledge, of our lust and desire of knowledge to because he wants us to consume the fruit that will kill us. His fruit, right? Okay, now, Deuteronomy, this is good. <laughs> Moses talking. Love Deuteronomy. <laughs> 7. Okay. Deuteronomy 7.21. We're going to read to the end of the chapter. Thou shalt not be affrighted of them. Talking about the, the those in the land. For the Lord thy God is among you, a mighty God and terrible. The Lord thy God, I want to pause right there for a second. As I talk about all this and the end times, uh, people tend to get really fearful. And our, our kids especially. And, but we need to be teaching them, yes, these things are coming. And yes, there's an adversary. But it's always been this way. And who's always won? God, because he's mighty and terrible. So we're soldiers in his army. And, and we need to start acting like that instead of uh, being pathetic. Okay. Moreover, uh, let's get back to where, where, where were we? Deuteronomy 21, 721. Thou shalt not be affrighted at them, for the Lord thy God is among you, a mighty God and terrible. And the Lord thy God will put out those nations before thee little by little. Thou mayest not consume them at once, lest the beasts of the field cons- uh, increase upon thee. But the Lord thy God shall deliver them unto thee and shall destroy them with a mighty destruction until they be destroyed. And thou shalt deliver their kings into thine hand, he shall, and thou shalt destroy their name from under the heaven. There shall no man be able to stand before thee until thou hast destroyed them. Okay, 25. The graven images of their gods, right? The images of their gods. You shall burn with fire, and thou shalt not desire the silver or gold that is on them, <laughs> nor take it unto thee, lest thou be snared therein. For it is an abomination unto Yehovah thy God. Neither shalt thou bring an abomination into thine house, lest thou be cursed thing, lest thou be a cursed thing like it. And thou shalt utterly detest it, thou shalt utterly abhor it, for it is a cursed thing. You Can you see that the devices and the systems and the thoughts and the gods and the wisdom and the knowledge of the wicked of the nations we're not supposed to have any part of. They were supposed to go into the land and destroy all of it. Why? Because God brought them out of the land of Egypt. They were reborn as a nation. He gave them their culture, his ways, his holidays, right laws, right and wrong, their culture, his word, his information, not the information, the cultures and the word and the morals of the nations. And that's the battleground these days. It's not, it's not a battleground. You know, yes, the Sabbath is important. The festival is important. The new moons, all these things are important. But we've got so hung up on knowledge and 18,000 people making their own YouTube channels and trying to spread all this and uh, making merchandise of the people. Meanwhile, our young people and our youth are trying to figure out how to just walk through life, right? We need to be teaching them godly morals, godly ways and why why we believe what we do why we stand on the bible but if we raise them in a digital culture with instant gratification uh and the knowledge of the nations 
it's going to be difficult to get them to cling to the Word of God. So we need to build that culture and that lifestyle, you know, in the Word of God, in our daily lives, in our walk. And it takes work. And it starts with each and every one of us. It starts with me and my own family. And I've had to, I guess that's why I'm so passionate about this is because as I finally have realized where I am and where I'm at, it's forced me to take stock because my kids are growing up and getting older and I want them to walk after God and his ways. And so as best I can before God, knowing I'm not perfect, I want to do my best. So <clears throat> this is a Bayar mentality, what we just read in Deuteronomy. The images of their gods, there is a snare and an abomination and we have unknowingly brought these gods into our homes, these devices there. We are to utterly detest it, abhor it. It is cursed. <laughs> okay, good stuff. All right, now, these devices, let's go to Jeremiah. They're dev- designed to entrap and ensnare us. And I know I'm going through a million passages, but I don't know. I think it's important. If you listen to this, pause it whenever you want and come back. Uh, Isaiah, Jeremiah. 18. Okay, Jeremiah 18. Let's go to verse 12. And they said, this is, these are the people of Israel talking to Jeremiah. Uh, I don't get into the context too much, but you'll get the point. They said, there is no hope, but we will walk after our own devices, and we will, everyone, do the imagination of of his evil heart. So can you see that their devices, how they're going to walk, how they're going to order their life is is uh, is according to this manufacturing of the thoughts and intents of their evil heart, the imagination of their evil heart. And that's what information, that's what knowledge is, that's what our phones are, that's what the internet is and the computer is, is it is information. It is knowledge. It's the knowledge of the tree, the tree of the knowledge, good and evil. We're supposed to, uh, man does not live by bread alone, what gives us life, but every word of, uh, but, uh, but every word that proceeds forth from the word, uh, mouth of God. Whereas the devil wants us dead by every word that comes forth from him. So, I'm not giving you a step by step guide of how to deal with all of this necessarily my point is to get us to understand what's going on so that you can look at your own life come to before god in prayer and evaluate what you need to do in your own heart and life uh, to start making some of these changes are you spending time in the word of well, so i'll give you some bar, you know bar, bar, barometer points to look at are you spending time in the word of god every day are you praying if you're not, things are out of balance. Stuff's getting in the way. Is your phone, and I'm just talking, using kind of myself as an example. When you get home from work, are you spending more time on your phone, even though it's good, scheduling clients and answering emails and all these things and just checking up on what's going on? You want to be an informed citizen. Is that keeping you away from spending time with your family, your wife, your kids? If it is, things are out of balance, you know. And these things are designed to, if you choose to start extracting yourself, uh, it's, it's hard to change these habits. 
but I would encourage you to do it. Okay, continuing on. So talking about these devices, they're not good. Genesis 6.5. So that word that we talked about uh, in Jeremiah, uh, let's see, we're supposed to read 18 too. 12, uh, 18, Jeremiah 18, 18. Then they said, <laughs> this is good. Come, let us devise devices against Jeremiah. For the law shall not perish from the priest, nor the counsel from the wise, nor the word from the prophet. Come, let us smite him with the tongue, and let us give, not give heed to any of his words. Can you see the battle of words? Because they know that the the uh, the law will not perish from the priest, nor the counsel from the wise, from nor from the word from the prophet. So they want to kill the prophet. They've. God, he's tried to kill the prophets, the devil. He's tried to kill the Messiah. He's tried to destroy the word of God. And he can't. So how do you do it? You spread misinformation everywhere. You make everything meaningless and nothing stands out. You get the people addicted to an instant cult culture where meditating and spending time in the word of God and concentration and study is, is, is a luxury that most people don't even have because their lives are so uh, just trying to you know fill our houses with consumer culture okay so they're trying to kill it they're trying to stop it so they're devising devices what are these devices the same word i think you will not be surprised is in genesis 6 verse 5 and God saw the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. So right before the flood, what was going on? Every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil individually. Same thing as when they said, Come, let us devise devices against Jeremiah. The thoughts of man's heart, which is to destroy things from God and it's only wicked it's it's only evil continually and we know that uh, as the days of the coming of the son of man so so was the the days of Noah it's the same thing now it's the same thing now and now with the ubiquity of instant communication uh, internet everywhere devices everywhere I mean my wife just read a book where in Africa where this kid was building this uh, a windmill, there's, there's, there was electricity, but like basically everybody's living in mud huts. There's nothing. They're literally starving to death. And so he builds these windmills to be able to pump water and uh, generate electricity. Well, the crazy thing is there's just people around in his villages and surrounding villages, even where there's nowhere to charge cell phones. They had cell phones. So there's cell phones even in Africa where people are starving to death. You know, it's everywhere and it's only going to grow and it's part of the beast system. And we need to know this and we need to be warned about this. Grant, like I said, we're not supposed to be afraid. We're in the Lord's army. Uh, and so, uh, but, but we need to understand and we need to teach our children. So, okay, let's keep going. Uh, I just want to cover a couple more things. We're making it. Sorry, it's going kind of long. Okay. So these devices, so uh, uh, the thoughts of man heart. Let's quickly go to Exodus 35. Exodus 35, verse 30. 
And Moses said to the children of Israel, See that Yehovah hath called by the name Beelzebub, son of Uri, the son of Hur, the tribe of Judah, and hath filled him with the spirit of God and wisdom, knowledge, and understanding, all manner of work and sorts, to devise cunning work, work of gold, silver, brass. So, okay, and 34, he's putting it in a heart to teach uh, both he, Oliha, Oholibab, son. And so, so they're building the tabernacle, right? And these two main guys are the, and they've given them information. They're, they're building, uh, devising curious works. They're building things. Again, they're building something that stems forth from the heart of God, from the word and information of God, the image that Moses brought back, right? So it's kind of the same thing on the, on the reverse. So there's things that are built from God that come from the heart of God, these images, uh, and there's things that the devil does, right? So we're supposed to focus on what comes from God. And uh, the uh, well, we won't turn to it, but in Esther, another one of these, these word for these devices, these things are made to entrap and, 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 and trap, snare the wicked, the righteous that the wicked make. Haman's gallows was one of those things. Same thing. It's there to kill the righteous. They want them dead. All right. So the gods of the people are idols. Now, let's go to the New Testament. For, or, I'm sorry, no. Now we're going to Chronicles. Like I got all mixed up in before. So go to Chronicles. We're in, uh, where are we? First Chronicles 16. Mm-hmm. So First Chronicles 16:26 For all the gods of the people are idols but the but Yehovah made the heavens <laughs> So these things these images that are made by the people their idols are from their gods it's after themselves because remember the quote that I said we are gods so we might as well get good at it he said their <laughs> their images okay Go to uh, 1 Corinthians 10, 4, uh, uh, Corinthians? No, okay. Uh, go to Psalm. Psalm 96, 5. We'll just work our way up. Mm-hmm. Psalm 96, 5. For all the gods of the nations are idols. But Yehovah made the heavens. Same thing, right? And now go to 1 John 5, 21. Get there. Hang on. What did I say? First John 5, 21. Little children, keep yourselves from idols. So there we are. First century. One of uh, the writers of the New Testament, he's telling us, keep yourselves from idols. And as far as in the traditional sense, there probably wasn't much... Well, there were there, there were pagan temples at the time. There was a lot, a lot of that. But don't think that because there aren't pagan temples... <laughs> and physical idols around that this has gone away. It's just more subtle, right? Hidden in plain sight. <clears throat> okay. Bum-ba-dum. And finally, 1 Corinthians 10, 14. 1 Corinthians 10. Wherefore, my dearly beloved, flee! From idolatry, okay? These devices that the wicked make <sighs> that are designed to entrap or ensnare us. His information. And now, oh now, okay, Colossians 3.5. This is good. 
and it's going to kind of lead us in um, in a direction. This is awesome. So Colossians three five. <sighs> For this cause. Uh, oh, I'm, I'm in, that's why it looks wrong. I'm in Thessalonians. Okay, here we go. Mortify, therefore, your members which are upon the earth, fornication, uncleanness, inordinate affection, evil concupiscence, and covetousness, which is idolatry. So that word evil can come, like that I can't pronounce, concupiscence, com, concupiscence, and covetousness, is this idea of lust in it in its uh lust and covetousness uh evil desires which is idolatry so that's what's going on here these things this these lust covetousness what is that it's desire after things that you shouldn't want right what happened in the garden eve was not supposed to adam were not supposed to lust and covet after that shiny knowledge that would make them as God and to know good from evil. They weren't supposed to even want it, right? It's idolatry. That was idolatry. It was an idol. What was the tree in the knowledge of good and evil? It was an idol created by Hasatan, I believe, personally, to tempt and ensnare the righteous, okay? So now let's, let's look at some passages relating to this. So this is good. Uh, I guess we won't, we won't, oh, what the heck, Mark. 419 try not to take tons of time but it's so good Matthew Mark again idolatry and lust same word 419 here <laughs> and the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches and the lust there's a word of other things entering in Choke the word, and it becometh unfruitful. Right? So it becomes unfruitful when the word is choked by the lusts of these things. You don't produce what you're supposed to. We're supposed to produce fruit from the tree of life. Uh, real quickly, go to Hosea 14.8, because it kind of ties into this tree of life idea. It's very at the end. Ephraim shall say, he's talking, this is about the end. Oh, I can't wait to be there. Ephraim shall say, what have I to do anymore with idols? Doesn't want them anymore. I've, I've heard him and observed him. I, God, am like a green fir tree. From me is thy fruit found. We're supposed to eat the fruit of the tree of life to produce the works of God. Stems forth from his heart, from his mind, instead of our own mind, our own evil, wicked heart, the images, the idols, the information that we make, which leads path of destruction, which has atomics. So, which tempts us, this again, this idea of lust, choking the word, right? Okay, <laughs> now let's go to John. See what Yeshua has to say about this. Matthew, Mark, John, chapter 8, 44. Okay. <laughs> So this is so good. I just love the book of John. I went through the whole book. You can go back and listen to that if you missed any of it. I'm not going to say that it's anything earth-shattering, but it was fun. All right, so 
Uh, okay, so well, let's back up. Let's go to. Oh, it's, it's so good. Let's go to let's let's go to thirty-seven. I know that ye Yeshua was speaking to to uh, I think he's speaking to the Pharisees, the scribes and Pharisees. I know that you're Abraham's seed, but you seek to kill me. Why? Because my word had no place in you. The seed, the information. I speak that which I have seen with my father, and ye do that which you have seen with your father. He's going to tell them who their father is. They answered and said to him, Abraham is our father. Yeshua said, if you were Abraham's children, you would do the works of children of, of Abraham. But now you seek to kill me, a man that hath told you the truth, which I have heard of God, and this did not Abraham. This did not Abraham. You do the deeds of your father. Then they said to him, we are not born of fornication. We have one Father, even God. And Yeshua said unto them, If God were your Father, ye would love me. For I proceed forth and came from God. Neither came I of myself, but he sent me. 43. Why do you not understand my speech, even because you cannot hear my word? There's so much in this that is awesome. Meditate on it. I just beg you. Okay, 44. Whose father are they? Ye are of your father, the devil, and the lusts of your father ye will do. He was a murderer from the beginning and abode not in the truth, because there is no truth in him. When he speaketh a lie, he speaketh of his own, for he is a liar and the father of it. And because I tell you the truth, ye believe not. <laughs> Man, it's awesome, huh? The lust of... The, their father, the devil, they're, they're producing his works, his fruit, you know. So keep in mind where we were coming from, this evil desire from Colossians, which is idolatry, right? The lust of the devil and the works of the devil and who the wicked, their wicked father is and his information. It's idolatry. It's information. It's words. Okay? The devices, the snares, the nets that entrap us. <sighs> okay, let's keep going. Rome, Romans uh, 1, 24. Romans. Wherefore, God gave them up to an uncleanness through the lust of their heart and to dishonor their own bodies between themselves. Again, the lust of the heart. Idolatry. Okay, Second Timothy four three. Dun dun dun. I hope you guys are enjoying this as much as I am. Hang on, gotta get there. There we go. Second Timothy. Okay, here we go. For the time will come, oh, this is so true. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, right? Sound doctrine only comes from the word of God. But after their own lusts shall they heap to themselves teachers having itching ears. And they shall turn away their ears from the truth and shall be turned to fables. Man, if that isn't happening now, I don't know. I, I don't know what to say because what's happening right now? You can go online. You can find any old teacher you want on any old website or YouTube channel. And they will 
heap up that t- teachers because why are people, pe- people of God, whatever, however you want to define that, they're not enduring sound doctrine anymore. And, and that's why I say we need to be in communities. We need to be, meet with other believers on Shabbat, be in community, have humility, find teachers that, that care for the flock, are in the Word of God, where you'll get sound doctrine instead of heaping up after your own lusts, which is idolatry. That which stems forth from their heart. These images that we create. The, the information. These, these devices. <laughs> oh, I hope this is painting a clear picture. First Peter. Go to First Peter. Okay, first Peter. Where are we going? First Peter four. Two through three. First Peter four, two through three. That he no longer uh uh let's back up to one. For as much then as Messiah has suffered for us in the flesh, arm yourselves likewise with the same mind. We're supposed to have the mind of God, information, thoughts. For he hath suffered in the flesh that ceased uh, in the flesh, hath ceased from sin, that he should that he no longer should live the rest of his time in the flesh to the lusts of men, but to the will of God. Okay? Idolatry. We're not supposed to live in the flesh to the I- idols of men. That's what's created out of the hearts and minds and thoughts, snares, net of the wicked, but the will of God. For the time past of our lives may suffice us to have wrought the will of the Gentiles when we walked in livaciousness, lust, excess of wine, revelings, banquetings, and abominable idolatries. Wherein they think it strange that you run not with them to the same excess of riot, speaking evil of you, who shall give account to him that is ready to judge the quick and the dead. Okay, so idols, idolatry, lust. All right, we're coming to the end. This is it. Let's go to Ezekiel. Back to Ezekiel, eighteen. <laughs> Okay, Ezekiel 18. Where are we going? Uh, 27. Ezekiel 18, 27 to 32. 27. Okay, so this is God speaking about the wicked and the righteous. And so if you, like me, have or maybe or will taking stock of your life, your actions what we've been doing, how we've been living, the impact that we've had on our families or not, or our communities or not, our friends or not, if we've mingled ourselves, uh, we need to repent, we need to change. And so, let's read what God has to say. Again, when the wicked man turneth away from his wickedness that he hath committed and does that which is lawful lawful and right, he shall save his soul alive, because he considereth and turneth away from all his transgression which he hath committed, and shall surely live and shall not die. 
Yet saith the house of Israel, The way of Yehovah is not equal. O house of Israel, are not my ways equal, and are not your ways unequal? Therefore I will judge you, O house of Israel, every one according to his ways, saith the Lord Yehovah. Repent, turn yourselves from all your transgressions. So iniquity shall not be your ruin. Cast away from all Cast away from you all your transgressions, whereby ye have transgressed, and make you a new heart and a new spirit. For why will you die, O house of Israel? For I have no pleasure in the death of him that dieth, saith the Lord Yehovah. Wherefore, turn yourselves and live ye. So, my going all this, what I'm trying to do in my own life, what I hope you will do in your life is to spend time in the Word of God, transform your mind, purge the idols from your life that are that are in conflict with the Word of God, with His laws, because they are devices devised as they wanted to kill Jeremiah. They're devised to destroy us, to undo our families, to undo our children and to stamp out the Word of God. It is a war against principalities and powers. So, let's pray. Heavenly Father, God, thank you for this time in your Word. (sighs) Teach us, transform us, renew us, and build us up. And may we be uh, followers of Yeshua. Amen. Mighty warriors arise, yeah. Freedom does not away. For soon is the day when we see your face on the mount of your grace and your.